a stranger with a gun came upon two teens taking pictures under a rising full moon. But violence is only the beginning of this story. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are. And this is a big one. I'm Amy Donaldson, and I've spent my career talking about how lives are undone by violence. The Letter is a podcast about how lives are remade. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Small businesses bring Utah together. They inspire goodness and connect communities. These are their stories from Mighty Main Street, brought to you by the Utah Office of Tourism and Visit Salt Lake. Here's our host, Chris Redgrave, on KSL News Radio, 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. Mighty Main Street, the faces and places of Utah. This show features interviews with our small business community that create our Utah job market. We're supported by Utah Office of Tourism and Visit Salt Lake. I have Steve Burns with me, CEO of Hogle Zoo. Steve, thank you so much for joining us on Mighty Main Street this morning. We appreciate your time today. And by the way, you were brought to us by Visit Salt Lake. They asked us to give you a call and uh, to talk to you about our phenomenal zoo and all the things that are going on. And um, so welcome to the program. Well, thanks for having me. You know, as I went to the website, uh, I was looking at all the cool information. You've got, by the way, what a robust website. I, I want to encourage our listeners. They've got to go to your website and look at all the videos and all the interviews. It was absolutely fascinating. I was finding out about kangaroos and your elephants and everything else. So give us an idea of what's going on at the zoo right now and uh, what how you're celebrating the holidays. The zoo is open, which is good news, particularly in 2020. We've been open since May. We were closed for about 50 days during the, the start of this whole pandemic. We we're fortunately able to open up. We've got lots of social distancing uh, precautions in place to keep uh, not only our guests safe, but also our staff and our animals. Because remember, animals, particularly cats, can get coronavirus. So we've taken lots of extra precautions uh, to make sure that everybody's safe and enjoying their visit while they're here. So everything is open. We, we do have a requirement that people wear masks when they come to the zoo. The good news is that just about everybody seems to be following that because they want the zoo to be open, and that's an important step in, in helping to not only keep the economy open, but you know to keep us all safe. So um, we appreciate that. Well, now folks have to wear masks, don't they? I mean, isn't that pretty much the deal now? Yeah, yeah. they do have to wear masks. Um, at first, it was just inside the buildings, but now it's everywhere. And you know, it's just it's a great way to keep everyone safe, and it's easy. And plus, you know, it's a little chillier, so it keeps your face warm. <laughs> is it, you know what? That is such a wonderful benefit. And now all I have to do is just put on eye makeup. I don't have to put on makeup anywhere else. I haven't put on any makeup since the whole time. <laughs> You're protesting. I had no idea that Hogle Zoo opened up in 1931. Actually, the Hogle Zoo opened in 1911. It moved here, and it became the Hogle Zoo in 1931. The zoo had been open for about 20 years, and, and the elephant kept escaping and wandering the neighborhoods. And uh, the zoo really needed to move out of Liberty Park. And so the Hogle family donated this piece of property to uh, to the zoo in 1931, and it became the Hogle Zoo, not just the Salt Lake City Zoo. In 1911, when it was at Liberty Park, the elephants would yeah. escape and run around the neighborhood? Yeah, which people saw as problematic, and I can understand that. <laughs> <laughs> that is crazy. I had no idea. And then I didn't realize how big, if you just look at the whole, I mean, I've been to Hogle Zoo, and I absolutely love it, and I've been to some of the wonderful events that you have at night, but I didn't realize it was so big. I didn't, when I was checking out the website, I had no idea you had the property that you have. Yeah, it's 42 acres, and, um, you know, it's a nice size because you come up here, and there's a lot to see, there's a lot to do, but 
you know, most of our visitors are, are little kids. And so, you know, after about two, two and a half hours, you've seen everything and it's time to go home and take a nap. And so it's kind of the perfect size. There's, it's big enough, so it, it fills up a good chunk of the day, but it's not so big that it's overwhelming and you're, you're wiped out. You know, some zoos are hundreds and hundreds of acres and they take, you know, eight hours to go through and, and people don't have that time. So we're a nice, nice two and a half, three hour experience, come up, see the animals and then go home have lunch, you know, or take a nap, something like that. You know, Steve, I know we were lucky enough to recruit you from uh, Bo- from Zoo Boise. Is that what it's called, Zoo Boise, right? Yep. Uh, what is your background? How did you get into, um, would you call this animal husbandry? How did you get into this in the first place? Before I was in the zoo business, I, I worked for the Nature Conservancy. I had moved to Idaho and was looking for any kind of job that had to do with, with animals or uh, with, with conservation. And the zoo in, in Boise is run by the city. And so there was a the, the city portion of the zoo, and then there was a nonprofit that helped support the, the zoo. And I got the job as the executive director of of that organization. And after about three years, the zoo director left, and they merged my job and that job. So uh, I didn't come up as a zookeeper. I came up, you know, first as a, as a conservationist and and, uh, and and how to run, you know, an organization, the, the sort of the business side. Over the years, I've been doing this now for 24 years. I think I've learned a fair amount about the animal side, um, you don't have any choice, you know, but to. And um, but yeah, that's that's how I, I came into the business. So during those years, I I think I've tried the best to, to make sure that we fulfill the mission. You know, we're, we've always been a great place to come and, and bring your family, and that's important, and will always be that. And then we're always a great place to come and learn about animals in the natural world, and will always be that. But you know, for a lot of the species that we love so much, and that people come up here to see, animals are in real trouble in the wild. The elephants and gorillas, lions, tigers, they're all in very bad shape out there. Their numbers are, are continue to drop. And so we feel like we have a moral and ethical obligation to do something about that. You know, that's been the most exciting thing for me over the years is, is the conservation aspect. And how do you take a zoo and turn it into a place, to a vehicle where people not only come and see animals, but they're actually helping to save the animals in their wild. And, and how cool is that? You come up here with your kids and your kids are are seeing elephants and you go home and you know that your visit is actually helping to protect elephants in the wild. So that's what we've been trying to do for a long time now. We're lucky to have you on board, Steve. And I think that is so important that uh, Hogle Zoo is an education center for all of us. I was really blown away by the information about elephants' blood and that elephants really don't get cancer and that you're working in conjunction with an oncologist at the Primary Children's Medical Center just to do more research on why they don't get cancer. So, I mean, your animals are helping us. I mean, we need to help them, but they also serve us. They are. You know, in the elephant's case, the zookeepers have, um, they take blood from the elephants just to, you know, periodically to, to check the blood to make sure, sure the, the animals are doing okay. And so uh, when they do that, they take a little bit of extra and they, they send it to the, uh, the doctor named Dr. Josh Schiffman at the Huntsman Cancer Center. He realized a long time ago that, that elephants, for the size that they are, should have cancer a lot more than they do. Um, when cells divide, they have a chance to mutate, and that's how cancer starts. Um, and elephants have a lot more cells than we do, but they rarely get it. And he realized, he figured out that uh, we have this gene called the P53 gene, which helps to fight cancer. So we have two, but elephants have 40 of those genes. And so uh, Dr. Schiffman's been working on using that gene to hopefully come up with you know some type of cure or treatment uh, that helps us with cancer. So 
you know, that's one example, but I, I hope we don't take nature for granted. But nature helps us in so many ways, you know. Isn't that I mean, the truth? all kinds of things. We depend on nature. We're not separate from nature. We're just part of nature. And, uh, you know, the fact that we have these animals here hopefully reminds people as to how much we need nature in order to survive. And then your zoo lights sold out. And I know we were talking earlier about you got uh, some assistance from the state. Is that correct? You know, through the CARES Act, uh, the state of Utah was giving out grants to help organizations like the zoo. And they, they, they asked us, you know, is there any way you can put together a program this year that benefits the community, that gets people out, but doing it in a safe way? And so every year we have zoo lights, which is a, a big holiday tradition. And we did have to put social distancing requirements into place, but we thought we could safely still have zoo lights. And so we we offered up that program to the state, and the, the state gave us a grant. But what that allowed us to do was to make zoo lights free to the community. So the other day we put about 40,000 tickets on online that people could, could go and get. And so uh, in about five or six hours, they were all gone which is great news. So so big shout out to the state, to the state legislature, to the uh, to the Division of Arts and, and History here. Um, but we're just we're just happy that, you know, given everything that's gone on in 2020, we're glad that we can give this gift to the community, that they can come up and, and have a nice time and they do it in a safe manner. And, uh, you know, it just gives everybody a little bit of a, of a break and, and hopefully some hope as we go into 2021 that, that it's going to be a much better year than this one was. Absolutely, Steve. It will be from your lips to God's ear. And so all the best to you. Thank you so much for your extraordinary work. We love Hogle Zoo. I'm so glad that you're here and that you're a conservationist and that you believe in supporting animals around the world. Do you want to give us your website so people can check out all the information about the zoo? Sure. HogleZoo.org. H-O-G-L-E-Z-O-O.org. All the best to you, Steve. Happy holidays and thank you so much. Check out our interviews on the podcast page of KSLNewsRadio.com. I'm host Chris Redgrave. We're coming right back on KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office to meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts.